This is Space 101.1 KMGP LPFM Magnuson Park. That sound can mean only one thing. That's right, time for another voyage exploring the past, present, and future of the old Oregon country. Come aboard and get set to ply the waters of the Pacific Northwest, metaphorical and otherwise, on another thrilling episode of Cascade of History. And now, stumbling out of the cluttered purser's office of the SS Columbia, here's your host, Felix Bonnell. Good evening from Seattle. We are live on Space 101.1 FM with one of the only live radio shows anywhere in the area code in this part of the country at this point in time on a Sunday night. Live 8 p.m. Pacific time every Sunday night here on Space 101.1 FM. I'm Felix Bennell. This is Cascade of History. It's our big pre-holiday, middle of the holiday kind of episode. Got all sorts of exciting things planned for this episode. Um, you know, it's uh, Christmas is three weeks from tomorrow, and I like Christmas pop culture, and I always tell myself I'm going to get started in mid-November listening to Christmas music, um, watching Christmas movies, uh, reading Christmas books, all these things, and pretty soon it ends up being, it's January, and I've missed everything. So I'm going to get started a little bit early. I think last week for the holiday encore, we played last year's Christmas special, and I'm not sure if there'll be a new special for this year, but um, we did play last year's, and uh, so I'll have some, yeah, we'll get to what we're going to play tonight, because um, on this episode, first of all, um, I want to mention we're going to play the Tardy first installment that 1951 recording from a series called Their Name Was Courage. This was produced by Gloria Chandler, the famous educator. It's back in 1951 for the Seattle Centennial under the auspices of the Junior League. This episode is called Blackie of Natchez Valley. The entire thing's about 10 minutes long. I like to, as I've said many times, I like to stretch it out. We'll hear a couple minutes tonight. It is a heartwarming tale about a boy and his ox. Um, we are also going to hear from our roving correspondent, Ken Zick. He is out in the field. He's going to be visiting Issaquah. Might have seen the news in the last few days that the uh, the Triple X XXX root beer restaurant out there uh, in Issaquah on the site of old Highway 10, the old Sunset Highway, that closed down abruptly late last week. Uh, looks like I, I don't know if we know exactly what's going to be happening next on that particular um, piece of real estate, but it's yet another example of just the economics of something not penciling out and somebody who owned the business wanted to do something different, which you know that's that's the way it goes. But Ken's going to be out there. I think he's already out there now taking pictures. If you go to the Facebook page for Cascade of History, you'll see some spooky photos. I don't know if they're spooky. I haven't seen them yet. But I'm assuming since it's nighttime and the restaurant's shut down and it's an old kind of nostalgic place that's been there a long time, it will be fairly spooky. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so we'll catch up with our roving correspondent, Kenzik, um, a little bit later on. Um, and then I don't know if you heard that show that was on right before. Um, there's this great lineup of programs on Sunday nights, kind of history, culture, music. Um, Jay's Radio Hour comes on right after us. Uh, Jay tonight has got, it's called Mail Call. He's got 78s that he ran out of patience to find on record hunting expeditions in the wild. So he gave in and bought them from other collectors. Lots of Washboard Sam and Lee Brown. That's Jay's Radio Hour. That's 9 p.m. Pacific time right after Cascade of History. But as I was driving over here tonight, I heard a few minutes of um, History as Music, Music as History with DJ Grumpy. It's always on right before us. Uh, it's usually on tape when I hear it. I don't know when, it, when it's produced or recorded, but... Um, DJ Grumpy was playing multiple versions, that old uh, ballad, of Sam, ballad of Joe Hill. 
old, one of those old IWW wobbly labor songs. And that, you know, ironically or uh, coincidentally, we have something similar planned for tonight. And what it is is a side-by-side smackdown, kind of rate a record of who played it best with Stan Borson, the late beloved television and Scandinavian humor, 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 <laughs> humor icon who was put out a couple of really great Christmas records and had a kids TV show on King television from the mid 50s to the late 60s and only passed away about, oh, God, I think it's been <clears throat> four or five years ago now. Anyway, he was in his 90s, a great guy. I worked with him a lot when I was at the Museum of History and Industry and featured him on the radio and TV as much as I could. Um, but he put out these great Christmas records. But his career was based on this guy, Yogi Jorgensen, who's this uh, performer whose name was Hal Stewart, who did this kind of Scandinavian dialect humor record starting back in the 1950s. And he kind of mentored Stan. And, and Yogi passed away in his late 40s in a car accident back in the 1950s. And anyway, they, they, there's, they, Stan covered a lot of Yogi's songs, and they're similar enough. And some of the cultural references change because they're recorded 25 years apart. We'll get to as many of those side-by-side -side comparisons as we can on tonight's show. Um, in fact, so let's just let's go right to that now, and um, we're going to start things off with our uh, Stan and Yogi Smackdown here. We'll play. We'll, we'll try to always start with Yogi, since that's usually the original. In fact, it's always, it's always the original. So this is a song called "Just Go Nuts at Christmas." It's the it's Yogi recorded his version around 1950, I think. Stan did his. Uh, it was released in 1970. But uh, this, give a listen to this one, and you know, it's sort of self-explanatory. It's it's holiday-esque. There's a little bit of a you know, there's sort of a narrative going on. So, see if you can tell. Uh, listen to this one carefully, and then we'll come back and we'll listen to Stan's version. This is Yogi Jorgensen's "Just Go Nuts at Christmas" on Space 101.1 FM. It's Cascade of History with Felix Bennell. Oh, yes, go nuts at Christmas on that jolly holiday. I'll go in the red like a knucklehead, cause I'll squander all my pay. Oh, yes, go nuts at Christmas, shopping sure drives me berserk. On the day before, I'll rush in a store like a poor bewildered jerk. I look at nightgowns for my wife, those black ones trimmed in red. But I won't know her size, and so she'll get a carpet sweeper instead. Oh, yes, go nuts at Christmas when each kid hangs up his sock. It's a time for kids to flip their lids while their papa goes in hock. On the night before Christmas, it's still in the house. My family is sleeping, so I'm quiet like a mouse. I look at my watch, and midnight is near. I think I'll sneak out for a cold glass of beer. Down at the corner, the crowd is so merry, I end up by drinking about twelve Tom and Yerry. I get to bed late, and gee, yes, how I'm sleeping. When on to my bed, those darn kids, they come leaping. They sit on my face and they jump on my belly. And I'm quivering all over like a bowl full of jelly. They scream Merry Christmas. And my poor wife and me, we stumble downstairs and she lights up the tree. My head is exploding. My mouth tastes like a pickle. I step on a skate and fall on a tricycle. Just before Christmas dinner, I relax to a point. Then relatives start swarming all over the joint. 
On Christmas, I hug and I kiss my wife's mother. The rest of the year, uh, we don't speak to each other. After dinner, my aunt and my wife's uncle Louie get into an argument. They're both awful screwy. Then all my wife's family say Louie is right, and my goofy relations, they join in the fight. Back in the corner, the radio's playing, and over the racket, Gabriel Heater is saying, Peace on earth, everybody, and goodwill toward men. And just at that moment, someone slugs Uncle Ben. They all run outside, whooping so the neighbors will hear. Oh, I'm so glad Merry Christmas comes just once a year. Oh, I just go nuts at Christmas, but I still have lots of fun. Just the same as you, I enjoy it too. Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay, so that's the Yogi Jorgensen version of Yusko Nuts at Christmas. He wrote the lyrics and the music and recorded it 19, right around 1950. His real name is Hal Stewart. He grew up in Tacoma. Um, his, I think his birth name was Scarbo. He was adopted. His last name, uh, his adopted name when he uh, performed in Hollywood was Hal Stewart. Did a number of jobs in Hollywood and in, in radio mostly. And then uh, ended up sort of somehow coming up with this Yogi Jorgensen character for a particular radio program and then just started putting out these novelty records and, you know, sold a lot of records and had a going business and then was uh, driving back from Las Vegas back to California to, his, uh, to where he lived in 1956 and died in a car accident, but not before he mentored the young Stan Borison. Stan grew up in Everett, um, you know, had a TV show in Seattle uh, from the 1950s to the 1960s and put out his own, put out a tribute record to Yogi um, not long after Yogi passed away and then was performing these different Christmas songs live, and then put out an album of them, the first one, and his album was called Yusko Nuts at Christmas back in 1970 on Gold Crest or Golden, Gold Crest Records out of uh, Long Island. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic Northwest iconic Christmas album. Um, I grew up with it. We wore out the copy I had when I was a kid, big LP with the, uh, playing it on the Zenith uh, console stereo with 10-pound tone arm, literally scratching the sound of it out of it as a, with each playing. Anyway, so here's Stan Porson's version of Yusko Nuts at Christmas. See if you can spot the difference. Uh, in, in, in Yogi's version, he mentioned Gabriel Heater on the radio. That was a mutual radio uh, commenter talking about uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's Stan doesn't mention Gabriel. He mentions somebody else. And there's other little changes here and there, too. And Stan also, it sounds like he's singing it a company, like a duet. Um, he had a, a show business partner named Doug Setterberg. And they recorded a bunch of stuff together. Doug eventually lost his voice um, and had a, lost his larynx. So what Stan told me is that Stan is, he's doing a Doug Setterberg impersonation. So the second voice you hear in this song and the harmony and some of the little uh, call back and forth, the questions and things and sort of side jokes, that's Stan doing a Doug Setterberg impersonation. Anyway. No more talking for me for a while. We're going to have Ken Zick on live from the XXX root beer or triple X root beer, depending on how you pronounce it, out in Issaquah um, after this song. And we hear Stan Borson's version of Yusko Nuts at Christmas. Oh, Yusko Nuts at Christmas on that jolly holiday. I go in there red like a knucklehead, cause I squander all my pay. Oh, I just go nuts at Christmas, shopping sure drives me berserk. 
On the day before I rush in the store like a poor bewildered yerk. And I look for nightgowns for my wife, the black ones trimmed in red. But I don't know her size, and so she gets a carpet sweeper instead. Oh, yes, go nuts at Christmas when each kid hangs up his sock. That's the time for kids to flip their lids while their papa goes in hawk. You know, on the night before Christmas, it's still in the house, and my family is sleeping, so I'm quiet as a mouse. I look at my watch. It's the Spiro Agni one I got for my birthday. From Air Lindsay. And midnight is near. I think I'll go out for a cold glass of beer. And down on the corner, the crowd is so merry. I wind up by having about 12 Tom and Yerry. And I get to bed late and ye wish how I'm sleeping. When onto my bed, those darn kids, they come creeping. And they yump on my head and they yump on my belly. And I'm... Quivering all over like a bowl full of yelly. And they shout, Merry Christmas. And my poor wife and me, we stagger downstairs and she lights up the tree. You were already lit. My head is exploding. And my mouth tastes like a pickle. No herring? And I slip on a skate and fall over a tricycle. And on Christmas, I hug and I kiss my wife's mother and... The rest of the year, we don't speak to each other. And after dinner, my aunt and my wife's uncle, Louis, get into an argument. They're both awfully screwy. And all my wife's family says, Louis is right. And then my goofy relations, they join in the fight. And over in the corner, the television is playing. And over all this racket, Walter Cronkite is saying, Peace on earth, everybody. Goodwill towards man. Just at that moment, someone slugs Uncle Ben. And then they all run outside whooping so the neighbors will hear. You know, I'm so glad this Merry Christmas comes just once a year. Well, I just go nuts at Christmas, but I sure have lots of fun. Just the same as you, I enjoy it too. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, so it's you get to decide who, who played it better. Was it the original version of Yogi Jorgensen or the, the cover, the cover version from 1970 by Stan Borson or the uh, Gabriel Heater reference or the Walter Cronkite reference? Um, St- Stan's version is the one I'm more familiar with, so I naturally am drawn more to that one. And it sounds a little clearer. It's, you know, it's recorded hi-fi recording in 1970 and not a, just a mono recording the way that Yusko Nuts at Christmas is. Anyway, that's just the first installment in our... Uh, Perhaps three or four part uh, Yogi versus Stan smackdown we're getting through tonight on this uh, special sort of pre holiday episode of Cascade of History. We're live on Space 101.1 FM. We're streaming at space101fm.org. This radio station is uh, punches far above its weight. We have lots of great programming on all throughout the week music, culture, all sorts of very hyper local stuff. And here on Cascade of History, we always, t- always talk about Pacific Northwest history. Um, We have a roving correspondent named Ken Zick, who we send out and about. Of course, we're in Seattle. We'd love to send Ken to Portland or to Boise or to, you know, I don't know, Spokane even. But it doesn't, you know, Ken does this as a volunteer, as as do I as well. So um, I think we're going to see if we can get in touch with Ken right now. I'm going to press all the buttons I have to press. I press those two, that one, and that one, and that's Ken's there, right? 
Hey, Felix, how's it going? That's, that's the first time I was able to actually press all the buttons the first on the first call of the night and not have to stand there saying, hello, hello. Anyway, that was, <laughs> but I've ruined it by calling attention to it. So thanks for joining us on the big show tonight, Ken. So where are you right now? Uh, happy, happy to be here. And I'm out here uh, in Issaquah at the site of the now recently closed Triple uh, X Root Beer uh, drive-in and restaurant. How many other people are there tonight? <laughs> well, I... So, <laughs> Oddly enough, there actually was a cleanup crew as I pulled in that were just getting, just leaving, and they've been actually dismantling all of the memorabilia inside the inside the restaurant. Oh, so you can actually see them doing that? Well, not not now because I I pulled up as just as they, as they were packing up and like turning out the lights and everything. But if you look through the windows, you can see like tools and stuff is being pulled down okay. from the ceiling and all that sort of stuff. Now, what were you able What were you able to load into your car before they <laughs> were chased away? No. no. Now there were. There, there are too many of them. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't besmirch a, a, a Pacific Northwest landmark that way. No, of course not. So uh, the, I, somebody, I got a couple Facebook messages from people that I don't even know in real life uh, saying, hey, the, the, uh, this, I think this was Wednesday night, hey, the Triple X in Issaquah is going to close tonight at 8 o'clock. This is, you know, at 7.30 I got the message. And, I mean, there was, <laughs> there was nothing I could do. Um, yeah. But it was all sort of very abrupt, and it sounds like the owner has, is retiring, and I don't know. Do we know if the land has been sold and are, are there demolition plans? Do we, do we know any of that? What's going to happen next? I'm kind of jumping the gun, but do, you know, do, we, do, do we know what's going to happen next? Sorry, sorry to say that I, I actually have no information about next steps beyond because I, I had the same experience. Like I saw that I saw the alert probably after they actually closed on, yeah. on Wednesday night. So, um, yeah, yeah, only have the little bit of information I could glean from the internet. Okay, so it's deserted tonight. The crew left. They're clearing yep. out the memorabilia. Is that there's a? I remember seeing a school bus in the parking lot that had like a f- bunch of fake Buddy Holly stuff on the side of it. Is that still parked there? The it's it's the school bus is gone. Oh, but the, but, the, but the assurance for, assurance from the owners is that they have plans and good homes for at least like the key memorabilia, including the Buddy Holly bus. Okay. But as I said, like I wasn't able to talk to anybody to find out what was what was going to happen because they were all I think they were they were done for the night. <laughs> okay. Now I confess I have never eaten at that Triple X before. I've driven by it many many times. I've never actually stopped. I don't know. Have you have you been there to eat the food before? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. I mean, it's a, it was a great sort of um, uh, you know diner experience. Uh, you know, sort of standard fare: hamburger, fries, chicken sandwiches, and the root beer. Um, I guess the I guess the Rupert actually was invented back in Galveston, Texas, back in the 1920s, hmm. and that and that and the name the Triple X. Like I was growing up, I always thought like, oh look, it's the pornography Rupert. <laughs> Um, but I guess I guess at the at the time in the twenties the X's were were used for a number of products as an indication of quality. So like lumber or gunpowder or okay. root beer. And like one X was like, oh yeah, this is okay. Two X is like, this is good. And like three X was like the the pinnacle of of quality. Does that apply to pornography as well? So I guess so. I don't, I, I don't know. I've never I've, I've never tested that theory out with that particular product. Come on, this is a family show. Stop I, talking I, about I, pornography <laughs> on Cascade of History. We're All supposed right. to be talking about like nostalgia and root beer and like you know soda fountains and poodled skirts and everything. And you're kind of yeah. you're sullying it. So <laughs> so interestingly enough, that the triple X um, uh, root beer had like by the late 30s or early 40s had like a hundred different locations across the country hmm. they called they called thirst stations <laughs> and, and so and so there's a hundred and and they had a, like the architecture varied but the big the big barrel the root beer barrel sign yeah wasn't wasn't like it was in some of them this is the last remaining root beer barrel sign in the country um wow. and there's 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 one more there's one more triple x in um lafayette indiana 
But they've changed their names to the Triple uh, X uh, Root Beer Family Restaurant, and it's like a black and orange striped restaurant. So if these were franchises or were licensed by some big company, that big company must be long gone. This must have been just a total one-off. It wasn't, wasn't sending any kind of receipts or wasn't sending any kind of an annual like, uh, compliance report back to some XXX root beer headquarters someplace. So, uh, so that, that, I think, is a correct assumption. Huh. At, at one point, back in the 30s, the original XXX root beer was uh, set up in Renton. And, and that, the claim, at least, is that was the first drive-in in Washington State in the 1930s. Huh. Um, and that was uh, a little unclear to me when that one uh, closed down, but there was an a initial Triple H Ripier Issaquah in the 40s or 50s that then got um, got demolished to make way for uh, auto uh, auto uh, sales floor. Okay. And then and then this one this one was built in the 68. Yeah, this, and this and, was in 68. and and 68 they still haven't put the freeway part of I-90 through. So the old US-10, you know, the yeah. main highway goes that's it's on the main road that goes through that kind of that boulevard type, you know, two uh, a, a divider down the middle and a big highway that goes all the way up to Snoqualmie Pass and you know up through uh, Snoqualmie and North Bend and stuff before the freeway bypasses all those little towns like that. So yeah. it it makes sense it's one of those it's like that's pretty late. 1968 is pretty late for you know, kind of classic roadside architecture kind of stuff, like a big root beer barrel. And so, wait, you're saying that's the last remaining big root beer barrel sign? Uh, according to all the research I could find. Cause wow. It's one of only two triple X's, and not all of the locations around the country made use of a, the big barrel sign. Huh. Uh, they, they say that this actually, because the light-up section in the middle with the, with the logo is supposedly the largest, like, light-up behind plastic sign in Washington <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, so a, like a backlit um, plastic. Yep. Okay, so yep. it's oh okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember like how high the barrel is. Is it like three stories tall? Like three looks, feet? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. From out here, it looks about it's about three stories tall. Yeah. Okay. And you're taking pictures, and you'll put these on the Cascade of History Facebook page, I assume, right? I will. Yeah. I'll, yeah okay, I got, good. I got a bunch of a bunch of lonely looking nighttime photos. <laughs> <laughs> A couple will see how the inside comes in. Um, but as an, as an added bonus, I found out that the Triple X uh, uh, branding and recipe was bought by a company in Chicago. And they, they still bottle and make Triple X root beer. And so I'll put the link there so anybody who wants to order sort of a last farewell. Oh, wow. You can do that, or there's they got T-shirts and all that as well. So I'll put that on huh. the site. I like how we send you out to look at these places in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, it's uh, sitting. I don't know why. Yeah, sir, it lets you fairly focus. You have to really, you can't really just like, you can't get the big picture. Yeah. Um, boy, now I'm starting to feel bad. I, I never went there when it was open now. Now I feel like I missed out on something, and I'm kind of like, you know, I left out of the whole thing now. I, th- I think so. I think so, because it, it definitely, like, um, was definitely a big destination for car clubs. Like, yeah, um, yeah. And, and my, um, yeah, so like I know. Studebaker Club guys would come out here periodically and, the, you know, whatever, Ford guys and motorcycles and all that. So Now, did they have the, um, was the service like the, the where you order, they come to your window like at Burgermaster or was there an order box? Or do we, can we tell how the actual ordering system worked there prior to a closing? So, so it, to be transparent, it's been years since I've been here, so I honestly yeah. don't remember. It looks like, like you could eat inside at the, at the counter, but they definitely had like car hops that would come out. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um. Yeah, so it was. I don't think they're on roller skates anymore, but yeah, perhaps So I'm still kind of intrigued by the fact that it's 1968 is when they built that one because it seems like I, I, that that's uh, I know Burgermaster was also building new locations in that time. Yep. It wasn't as if car culture went away by then. It was still pretty strong that kind of uh, drive-in yep. uh, drive-in restaurant kind of culture. So, 
Huh. All right. Well, I guess it was a another example of something at least holding on for a really long time out here, um, mm-hmm. and where it went away in other parts of the country. What the next thing we're going to send you on, I think, is a uh, to try to find the last Piggly Wiggly or a uh, evidence of any Piggly Wiggly stores. You know, oh, once nice. a huge grocery chain, there's dozens of them in here in Washington State. Yeah. But it's really unclear. It's all just in the South now, and there's can't find anything online that talks about much about the uh, how that grocery chain grew here in the 20s and 30s, and I don't know, because you know, you think of the, the the era of big franchises or big national chains of things being much more recent than the 20s or the 30s, but it definitely it really gets going in that in that time. Like when you're talking about with the root beer recipe from the 20s and 30s, it mm-hmm. really that whole notion of a a product that could be advertised nationally on radio or something. It all sort of fits together with this growth of these national franchises or company-owned stores like that. So, huh? Okay. Um, so have other people shown up to pay their respects while you've been standing there? No, no. Okay. I'm still, I'm still, it's all dark and quiet. <laughs> all dark and quiet. All right. Issaquah doesn't necessarily have a hopping nightlife, as far, at least on Sunday nights, as far as I know. Yeah, and there's that little gas station that little that they've restored that's kind of just down the street there yep. across from that big uh, Dairy Gold plant, which is pretty cool. There's parts of Issaquah that haven't changed much at all. It's a, it's a cool little kind of foothills kind of town. Yep, yeah, yeah, I would agree. And that's, they have that neat um, fish hatchery there, too. The salmon hatchery is a neat, neat part, too. So, All right, Kenzik, any last thoughts there on uh, how, are you, how do you, how's it feel being there? Is it, feel, is there, is it mournful? Is it, what's, your, what's your feelings tonight being out so there at the XXX? I, so I, de- I definitely, uh, like the sudden closure, like I it definitely have that feeling of regret, kind of like, oh, I, you know, that's, probably, that's always been there. I, it'll always be there. I have plenty of time to go. Yeah. And, and now, I, now I just I have regret that I, I hadn't been by here more recently. Yeah, we got to figure out. Maybe we should sit down and try to uh, identify things that are going to go out of business, and then talk about them while we can still drive customers there. Well, you know, you did. You went out and covered the um, the near closure of uh, uh, what's it called Tech Tech City Pin Center, Tech Pin Tech City Fun Center, what you know, aka Totem Bowl, and that thing came back to life. I haven't been out there lately. I still haven't been there for about a year, but. That was a you know that was an example of you're covering a, a you covering a story and the thing didn't go away so I mean, I'm, I'm more powerful than I know yeah I mean, I better timing I wonder I guess we'll have to figure out I mean, it'll probably re- reveal itself over the next few weeks or so what ultimately is going to become of that property I mean the the immediate sense is it'll be torn down and replaced with something yeah. unlike whatever is there now but I wonder if there's any if that sign is truly the last of the triple X signs. Yeah, and Issaquah I think has a pretty good historic preservation program through King County. Um, I wonder if there'll be any effort to save, do something to preserve that big sign or the big the architectural elements of it. Yeah, this could no, be yeah, could be interesting. That's it. That's actually a great question. I'll keep I'll keep uh, watching watching the web and uh, see if I can if I find anything else out. I'll post it on the Cascade History uh, Facebook group. Yeah, if anybody listening, I know we have a huge audience of dozens of people who hear the show live, and maybe even that many who listen to it again as a podcast. Um, <laughs> if anybody knows if there's an if there is any effort to do anything in terms of the landmark status of potential landmark status of that building or that sign in particular or. Anything like that, I'd love to hear about it. You can go contact us through the Cascade of History Facebook page. So, all right, uh, roving correspondent Ken Zick, thanks for making it out there to Triple X in Issaquah tonight. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Drive carefully. Bye. All right, we'll do. Bye. Ken Zick, our roving correspondent out there in Issaquah at the Triple X Root Beer, uh, yet another local iconic business uh, shutting its doors in the last week or so. I think, it, I think last night was Wednesday this past week. That would have been the 29th of November. Um, all right. Well, we're back to our Stan Borison and Yogi Jorgensen smackdown here. Um, what is it? Oh, it's almost 830. We've only played, <laughs> we've only played one song twice, the Yogi version and the Stan version. 
let's, uh, without further delay, let's get right back into the music. This is the uh, politically incorrect song, The Christmas Party. Here's Yogi Jorgensen's version on Cascade of History. Down at the factory where I work, at every Christmas party we all go berserk. At the Christmas parties they serve free beer, and I'm still in the doghouse from the one last year. Running the switchboard is old Miss Lee, all through the year this old maid she ain't nice to me. But at the parties her eyes just snap, and I don't dare sit down cause she clamps on my lap. Our boss is Holy Burger Son. All year long, this old guy, he don't have no fun. But at the parties, he has a ball. She sings secretaries up and down the hall. We got a salesman who sings so loud. You hear his voice above the shouting of the crowd. He sings so loud at what he's pointed toward. He blows potato chips right off the smorgasbord. The boss starts the party off with a speech on goodwill. He says he loves us. Yeah, we are his pals. And when he's through talking, he shows what he means by trying to kiss all the gals. The men are all laughing and pouring out beer. I know some of these guys are delighted, because Christmas parties are used for the health, and the wives are never invited. Then we exchange silly presents, and the fat guys get girdles. They put them on and dance around and wiggle. And when some of the girls open their presents, they scream, and their faces get red and they giggle. Old Miss Lee, who always jumps on my lap, she keeps following me around. And sometimes she tries to sit on my lap, and I ain't even sitting on. Mr. Hanson, the salesman, he never stops singing. All evening his loud voice is blaring. He stands by the smorgasbord shouting silent night, with his mouth full of pickle herring. The boss chases Miss Svensson around the water cooler. She's the one we call Jane Russell for short. All the fellows hope the boss don't ever catch her, because watching her run is great sport. I always start to go home around midnight, but I never get home until four. The little woman comes out on the porch to meet me. Holy Moses' dreamboat sore. She whoops and hollers about the lipstick on my face. I always feel like a dime. But I never miss the Christmas party at the office. Because we sure have a dandy good time. Now this year, if you plan to celebrate, be careful of that lipstick and don't get home late. And while your gang is having fun, I'd like to just say Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, Yogi Jorgensen with the Christmas party here on Cascade of History. Uh, Felix Bunnell here on Space 101.1 FM, here till 9 o'clock Pacific time tonight. Uh, coming up at 9 o'clock is Jay's Radio Hour. It's the mail call episode. These are 78s that Jay ran out of patience to find on record hunting expeditions in the wild, so he gave up, gave in, and purchased them from other collectors. He'll be playing lots of Washboard Sam and Lee Brown. That's coming up at 9 p.m. Pacific time here on Space 101.1 FM. All right, uh, we heard Yogi Jorgensen's version of The Christmas Party, uh, the line about uh, the one we called Yane or Jane Russell for short. Uh, see who Stan Borson swaps in uh, for the Jane Russell line in Stan's version of The Christmas Party. Down at the factory 
tree where I work At every Christmas party be I'll go berserk Cause at the Christmas party they serve free beer And I'm still in the doghouse from them on last year Running the switchboard is old Miss Lee All year long this old maid she don't speak to me But at the Christmas party her eyes just snap And I don't dare sit down cause she climbs on my lap Our boss is only burger son All year long this old guy he don't have no fun But at the Christmas party he has a ball Chasing secretaries up and down the hall We got a salesman who sings so loud You hear his voice above the shouting of the crowd He sings so loud that what he's pointed toward He blows potato chips right off the smorgasbord The boss starts off the party with the speech on goodwill And he says we are all his pals And then he proves what he means by trying to kiss all the gals Then we exchange silly presents And the fat guys get girdles And they put them on and jump around and wiggle And when some of the girls open their presents They blush and turn red and they giggle And then the boss chases Miss Svensson around the water cooler She's the one we call Raquel Welch for short. And all the fellas hope we don't ever catch her because watching her run is such sport. All night long, Mr. Olson's loud voice is blaring. He stands by the smorgasbord shouting, Silent night with his mouth full of pickle herring. I always start to go home about midnight, but I never get home until four. And the little woman meets me on the front porch and holy Moses, his dream boat sore. She whoops and she hollers about the lipstick on my tie and I always feel like a dime. But I never miss that Christmas party cause we have such a heck of a good time. Next year when you start to celebrate Be careful of the lipstick and don't get home late And while your gang is all having fun I'd like to just say Merry Christmas everyone Stan Borson's version of Yogi Jorgensen's Christmas Party here on Space 101.1 FM uh, I, again, I'm more drawn to the Stan Borson version just because it's the one I'm most familiar with. But, you know, you can see the it's it's they they both make the song their own. I think uh, Yogi's got his take on it and he's the original and Stan does his. So if you feel differently, uh, go to our Facebook page, Cascade of History, and just uh, let us know what you think. OK, um, we've got a couple more Stan and Yogi smackdowns I want to get to. But before we do that, um, this is a, a, a piece I was teasing back in mid-November. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this is the first installment of the, the episode of the uh, 1951 radio program that was called Their Name Was Courage. And this is a, a heartwarming show, heartwarming episode that's called Blackie of Natchez Valley. Let me get to that part of the uh, mixing board where I have Blackie stashed. Where is he? Blackie, there you are. Come. Oh, there we are. Nope, that's not it. Hang on. There's Blackie right there on Space 101.1 FM, a cascade of history.
years go by, the people change and the landscape, the beginnings remain. These are the stories of the people who made the beginnings, the dreamers, the believers, the workers. Their name was Courage. Today's story is called Blackie of Natchez Valley. Natchez River Valley, high in the Cascade Mountains, is about 30 miles as the crow flies northeast of Mount Rainier. Late in the year 1853, the Biles Longmire wagon train was traveling on the river's narrow beach. They were making the first attempt to cross these high, rugged mountains, toiling, struggling, traveling at most three miles a day. Come on, Blackie, pull. Keep those wheels rolling or we'll get stuck. Pull. We get caught in the snow, we'll die. Pull hard, Blackie. Hugh Kearney, 12 years old, thin and wiry, walks beside Blackie, the right lead ox of the Kearney heavily loaded covered wagon. When the train left Walla Walla, Kearney's had four spare oxen, but two broke their legs on the rough mountain trail and one sickened and died. There were 70 covered wagons in the train when it started across the plains. Now... Only 36 are left. The fearful people have long since turned back. The weak have died, buried in shallow graves along the way. Only the strong in body and spirit are left. Tired, thin, always hungry, stealing wary glances at the cold gray sky. Fifteen minutes rest for the oxen. Be ready to start on order. Want to make another mile before the night stop? Captain Longmire. Yeah. Now, what is it, uh, Kearney? Trouble? My wife says our larder is almost empty. Uh, how about making this the night stop to give the men a chance mm, to hunt for deer? No, not necessary. Downey's ox broke his leg. He's butchering it now. We'll eat well tonight. <sighs> and that leaves only one spare ox for the whole train. What do we do when that one's gone? <laughs> Pull the wagons ourselves and let the children drive us? You get away from here, Abby Longmire. Abby, Abby, come here. I wasn't doing anything. He was just so silly about that ox. It's fun to tease him. <gasps> Mr. Kearney, I didn't see you. Don't let Hugh scare you, Abby. Hugh, come here. Yes, Pa, I'm coming. I wasn't really going to hit her. I just wanted to scare her. Hugh, I want to talk to you. Yes, Captain Longmire. Uh, go to your mother, Abby. Yes, Papa. You, for the past two weeks now, you've had trouble with some boy on this train every day. Yes, sir. Okay, we're going to leave it. There's the big cliffhanger right there. Uh, boy, that's violent show. That The uh, sound effects of them uh, beating poor Blackie, the uh, Natchez Valley, the poor mule there, that uh, that was that was uh, startling there. Um, and, boy, it sounds so much like that... Um, High school madness, uh, 
Fire Sign Theater, if you're familiar at all with any Fire Sign Theater comedy albums from the early 1970s, this sounds like this could easily have been written by those guys. Anyway, uh, that's the first installment of Blackie of Natchez Valley, and their name was Courage. We'll hopefully play the second episode, if I remember, uh, next week. Uh, in the meantime, we can get back to our uh, big smackdown of Stan Borson versus Yogi Jorgensen. And I just looked at the Cascade of History Facebook page, and sure enough, our roving correspondent, Ken Zick, has posted some spooky pictures there. A uh, really great photograph of the giant sign, which, as Ken told us just moments ago, that's believed to be the last of what were once hundreds of similar tall root beer barrel signs around the country. And I'm wondering if anybody out there in Cascade of History land um, in the historic preservation community knows if, uh, I'm pretty sure the city of Issaquah has an interlocal agreement with the King County Preservation Program, but I'll have to make some calls or later in the week and see um, if there will be any, uh, what the plans are, if there if there will be any effort to do anything about that, preserving that sign. Um, okay, uh, let's see. This is Cascade of History. It is Space 101.1 FM. Let's get back to our big smackdown now between Stan Borison and Yogi Jorgensen. We've already heard two songs. We've heard Yes Go Nuts at Christmas, and we've heard The Christmas Party. Uh, let's see. I think we're going to do I Was Santa Claus at the Schoolhouse for the PTA. This is another of these amazing, uh, very smart, funny, brilliant Christmas parody songs Yogi Jorgensen put together around 1950 into the early 1950s, and then Stan Borson recorded uh, cover versions of in 1970. Here is I Was Santa Claus at the Schoolhouse for the PTA Yogi Jorgensen edition on Cascade of History. The PTA, the PTA, I have a Santa Claus at the schoolhouse for the PTA. The parent-teachers group, they call a meeting. My wife, she says, you have to go, my dear. It's the big, important Christmas party meeting. When all the papas who ain't sick appear I dozed off till the middle of the meeting When the chairman shouted out so all could hear Mrs. Jorgason says that her jolly husband He will gladly be our Santa Claus this year the other papas looked relieved and happy They knew I'd been betrayed by my sweet wife And I was weak like that strong fellow Swanson When Delilah caught his hair off with a knife The PTA, the PTA I was Santa Claus at the schoolhouse for the PTA On the night of the party I sneaked into the school The committee, they all met me there these giggling women are going to dress me and glue on my whiskers and hair. I got into them big red pants and black boots. The yakut was seven feet wide. When I got into it, there was still plenty room for one good-sized reindeer to hide. Then I walked into the school gymnasium. The plan was that each little tyke would walk up and shake hands with old Santy and tell me what presents they liked. The first kid was little Dagmar Larson, who wanted a new kiddie car. She patted my face with her wet little hand, which was half full of warm chocolate bar. The next kid in line was the young Scarborough boy. I think that his first name is Milo. He's the honoriest brat in the whole darn school, and he's built just like a brick silo. Last year, he says, you promised to bring me a real sharp sword and a gun. And all that you brought was new shoes and a coat, you dirty old son of a gun. Then he yapped his finger right in my eye, and I let out a heck of a groan. And when he kicked my shin with his brass-toed shoe, I was sure that he'd broken the bone. 
Then old man get Hormson, picked his granddaughter up. And when he put her down on my lap, his lighted cigar set my whiskers on fire. They started to crackle and snap. I jumped up and made a run for the door as fast as my sore leg would go and put out the fire in a snowbank and cooled off my face in the snow. I didn't dare go back, so I hurried on home and closed my front door with a slam. And in my own home, my dog bit me twice before he figured out who I am. But the kids all had a nice Christmas, and in spite of what happened, I'll still say, I'd be Santa Claus again next Christmas for the good old PTA. The PTA, the PTA, have a Santa Claus at the schoolhouse for the good old PTA. That's how Yogi did it, and now here's how Stan did it. The PTA, the PTA, I was sent across at the schoolhouse for the PTA. The parent-teachers group, they had a meeting. My wife, she says, you've got to go, my dear. It's the big important Christmas party meeting. Then all the papas who ain't sick appear. I dozed off till the middle of the meeting. Then the chairman shouted out so all could hear. Mrs. Jorgensen says that her yolly husband will gladly be our Santa Claus this year. Oh, the other papas looked relieved and happy. They knew I'd been betrayed by my sweet wife. And I was weak like that strong feller Swanson. Then Delilah cut his hair off with a knife. Oh, the PTA. The PTA, I was sent the class at the schoolhouse for the PTA. You know, and on the night of the party, I sneaked into the school, and the committee, they all met me there. And these giggling women were going to dress me and glue on my whiskers and hair. Well, I got into those red pants and the black boots. You know, the jacket was seven foot wide. And when I got in, there was still plenty room for one good-sized reindeer to hide. Well, then I walked into the school gymnasium and the plan was that each little pike would walk up and shake hands with good old Santa Claus and tell him what presents they'd like. The first kid in line was little Dagmar Larson and she wanted a new kitty car. She patted my face with her fat little hand which was half full of warm chocolate bar. The next kid in line was the young Scarborough boy. I think that his first name is Milo. Well, anyway, he's the honest brat in the whole darn school. And he's built just like a brick silo. Last year, he said, you promised to bring me a real sharp sword and a gun. All that I got was new shoes and a coat. You dirty old son of a gun. And then he yabbed his finger right in my eye. And I let out a heck of a groan. And he kicked my shin with his brass-toed shoes, and I was sure that he'd broken the bone. Well, then old man gets and picks his granddaughter up, and when he puts her down on my lap, his lighted cigar set my whiskers on fire, and they started to crackle and snap. I jumped up and made a run for the door as fast as my sore leg would go, and I put out the fire in the snowbank and cooled off my face in the snow. I didn't dare go back, so I hurried on home and 
shut my front door with a slam. And in my own house, my dog bit me twice before he can figure out who I am. But the kids all had a nice Christmas. And in spite of what happened, I still say, I would be Santa Claus again next year at the schoolhouse for that good old PTA. Oh, the PTA, the PTA. I was Santa Claus at the schoolhouse for the PTA. All right, the Stan Borson version there of I Was Santa Claus at the Schoolhouse for the PTA. I think one of the reasons that um, Stan's version sounds better, Stan's, he's harmonizing with himself. He's double-tracking the vocals there, and it gives it kind of a richer, fuller sound. I don't think Yogi, Yogi Jorgensen had a particularly uh, melodic voice. I mean, he, was, he could sing, but I think Stan, Stan beats some hands down on just the quality of the song, uh, quality of the singing voice. Okay, uh, this uh, Cascade of History on Space 101.1 FM. It's one of our uh, annual Christmas episodes. Uh, in December, we like to play Northwest Christmas music, talk about Northwest holiday traditions and that sort of thing. That's why we've been playing Stan Borson, who grew up in Everett, and Yogi Jorgensen, who grew up in Tacoma. Got one more, uh, one more smackdown between a Yogi version of a song and a Stan version of the song before we get to the top of the hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and at 9 o'clock, is, is Jay's Radio Hour is coming on here, and they'll be doing a live show. Lots of great shows here on this uh, radio station every Sunday night. Actual live people sitting in front of mixing boards and microphones and playing music they like and talking about Northwest history in the case of this show. Um, and I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned I did get to see the Facebook page, and Ken Zick did post some really cool photos there of that uh, triple x root beer sign and the whole building uh okay so uh we've got one more smackdown here this is uh yogi Jorgensen's version of yingle bells here on cascade of history my wife says to me let's not drive the old coupe hitch up once again the one horse open sleigh the horse was awful mad If he could talk he'd say You'll be sorry you hitched me To a one-horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells Jingling all the way It ain't fun like it used to be In a one-horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells Jingling all the way I should have worn long underwear in that one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow with the cold wind in our face. I can't hold a horse, he thinks he's in a race. He kicks snow on us, it hits us on the chest. I bet that we're the coldest Swedes in the whole darn Middle West. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingling all the way. My wife sure hates sleigh bells since she rode that one-horse sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingling all the way. We're too old for riding in a one-horse open sleigh. It's awful dark, can't see beyond my nose I can't blink my eyes, my eyeballs must be froze 
I can't hear my wife yell. I can't see her face. I guess I must have lost her when we turned at the onsen's place. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingling all the way. I nearly caught pneumonia in that one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingling all the way. I wouldn't make brass monkeys ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Yogi Jorgensen's Jingle Bells, and now let's go right into Stan Borson's version. My wife says to me, let's not drive the old coupe. Hitch up once again, the one horse open sleigh. The horse was awful mad, if he could talk he'd say. You'll be sorry you hitched me to a one horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. It ain't fun like it used to be in the one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I sure they've worn long under there in the one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow, with the cold wind in our face, I can't hold a horse. He thinks he's in the race He throws snow on us It hits us on the chest I bet that they're the coldest Swedes in the whole darn middle west Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way My wife sure ain't sleigh bells since she rode that one horse sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way We're too old for riding in the one horse open sleigh Night is awful dark, I can't see beyond my nose. I can't blink my eyes, my eyeballs must be froze. I can't hear my wife yell, and I can't see her face. I guess I must have lost her when I turned at Johnson's place. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I nearly caught pneumonia in the one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I wouldn't make brass monkeys ride in the one-horse open sleigh. Okay, everybody, back to the barn. All right, and that concludes our... Stan Borson versus Yogi Jorgensen, SmackDown, Showdown, uh, Who Played It Better, Raider Record, competition for December 2023. Um, you know, Stan Borson, if you haven't, and maybe it's an acquired taste. I mean, I've been listening to Stan Borson Christmas novelty songs for as long as I can remember. I think the record came out when I was two years old, so I've, I've literally listened to it my entire life. And it, I never tire of it. I mean, if it, if it was a regular Sunday night and I was just sitting home on December 3rd, I'd be playing Stan Borson. I don't know if I'd be doing a... Stan Borson, Yogi Jorgensen, SmackDown, without a radio audience listening, but uh, I would be listening to Stan Borson, and I, I do a lot this time of year. So if you can still pick up the, uh, I think the CD you can still pick up at the like the old Curiosity Shop, maybe the Mohai Gift Shop, places like that. All the stuff's on YouTube as well. Um, the LP is probably hard to find, but uh, I, I I found one. I don't know. Sometime in the last ten years, I found a pretty pristine copy at a at a thrift store somewhere with the cellophane still on it. So Stan's just a uh, True Northwest performer, true, true kind of a 
I don't know, peculiar, specific Northwest pop culture guy. Um, he sold a lot of records in the Midwest as well, where there was a big Scandinavian population. But he was definitely beloved here um, with his TV show on King in the 50s and 60s and all the shows he used to do. He did a ton of stuff for me when I was at the Museum of History and Industry. I think from um, 2000 to 2004, I put on an event every year called the Northwest TV Holiday Reunion. And the first year, we had Stan Borson, uh, Chris Wiedis as J.P. Patches, Bob Newman as uh, J.P.'s girlfriend, Gertrude. Um, we had Dave Richardson, the guy who played Engineer Walt back on KTNT television in Tacoma back in the 50s. He did that briefly before he came down with polio, and then Brakeman Bill took over, Bill McLean. He was there at that TV reunion. And as far as I know, Bill McLean is still alive. He's in his 90s. I talked to him a year or so ago. Um, had, had a long chat with him. Um, anyway, that TV reunion was a fun event. It was, it was always this time of year. It was on a Saturday afternoon. There'd be, you know, not really much of a script or anything, not really much of a, of a plan other than getting these different TV guys up on stage to have five or ten minutes apiece to get up and kind of talk about the memories and stuff and do the jokes and things they always did. It was, I know the Seattle Channel filmed one of them. There's audio. I think I recorded audio for pretty much all of them. At some point, I'll have to dig that out and see if I can find. I know there's Stan Borson recordings of him singing and playing his accordion and everything. And there's probably other holiday Christmas bits that would be worth pulling out. And maybe we'll do that for next Sunday show or the Sunday after. I think I'm not going to be live on Christmas Eve on this show. We'll probably play some kind of a repeat. But maybe we'll do our Christmas special on the Sunday before, that would be two weeks from tonight. And we'll do something holiday-related next week as well here on Cascade of History. So I see the Jays Radio Hour team. They've just marched into the building here. There's several of them. They're putting down all their gear, and they're coming into the studio now. We do this complex. I I wish there was a web camera here because um, what we do is I have this little mixing board thing that I play all my stuff on, and Jay has this little mixing board thing he plays all his stuff on. And uh, what we do is we try to hand it off very cleverly so I've actually given, I probably explain this every time. I probably explain this every week and probably don't need to, but it's kind of fun to say it because um, I gave Jay my closing music. So he plays that actually on his machine. Isn't that cool? That's a really, we, got, we have a lot of cool uh, collaborative things going on here. And we've got about a minute left to go here. I've got to kind of run down the rest, the rest of the show. I want to thank Ken Zick, our roving correspondent, for joining us from uh, Issaquah from the Triple X Root Beer. I want to thank Stan Borson for all the great stuff. He's been dead for a couple of years now, but he did so much cool stuff with me and for me when I was at the Museum of History and Industry. He was just a really nice guy, always fun to talk to. I want to thank all the people who send comments on the Facebook page. Um, let's see. This was a big weekend for all these great holiday parades that are going on um, that go back many, many years. Um, the drive through neighborhood Candy Cane Lane Light Park in Seattle is open. I think there's a holiday parade that just wrapped up in Yakima, a big lighted parade. There was a lighted boat parade last night on the Columbia River between Kennewick and Richland. I mean, this is, this is the season to, to beat back the darkness with colored lights. And a lot of these, these parades and these displays have fascinating histories that go back decades to community people getting together. So community people getting together about history. That's what it's all about here on Cascade of History. I'm Felix Bunnell. We'll see you next week. The Space 101.1 FM here live from historic Sandpoint. That sound means the steamer Columbia has reached the end of another thrilling voyage around the Pacific Northwest. Be careful as you go ashore. Watch it, watch it. That's a slippery spot there. I'll bet that hurt. When that whistle blows once again, be sure to meet us at the landing 
and be ready to climb aboard a little more carefully next time for Cascade of History. Cascade of History is produced in Seattle by Felix Bonnell.